You are listening to a sermon by Pastor Christopher Sally of New Life Christian Fellowship Church. A job for a lifetime. I realized that these last couple of weeks in the in the bulletin I have been putting in what I would describe as the wrong title. <clears throat> and it's just one word that's different. But but it matters. It is a job for a lifetime. A job of a lifetime. Uh, you know, I, I thought about it as kind of like a job of a lifetime. It's the opportunity of a lifetime, it, and it can be. But but I, I'm I'm not I'm not trumpeting it as something that's like that you should you should run out and sign up for. This is a job of a lifetime. Oppor- no, it's 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 a job for a lifetime. And at least for me, it's been. It's been a 20-year job, <laughs> amen, and I don't know how much longer it will be or not be, but it's been, but it has been a privilege uh, to be able to be in a place where I can serve the body of Christ in, in, in this regard. And so we want to continue to explore what it, what it means to be a shepherd. And as I told you before, this is, I believe, part four. As I told you before, and as we kind of anchored ourselves in, in Acts chapter uh, 20, Thus far, you know the core role of a of a of a shepherd or a pastor is is oversight, amen. Just like the core role of a church member is ministry, and your core response to my my role is is support, and my core response to your ministry and your faithfulness in ministry is fidelity. I need to be as close to the chief shepherd as I possibly can in terms of uh, being able to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's quite a responsibility, amen? It's, it's one that I don't take lightly, and that's why it's a job for a lifetime, amen, to imitate Christ and to, to try to lead and encourage others. But I want you to know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do so that you can have a real good idea about what good shepherding looks like and also have a good idea what bad shepherding looks like. Amen. Hopefully you won't get any idea of bad shepherding from me other than what I tell you. But I did tell you quite a bit of information the last time we were together and I and there was an acrostic that we spelled out for shepherd. And I want to I'm going to get my feelings hurt, I know. I, I just want to see if anybody wrote anything down. Just anybody. Dear God. Dear God. This is a risk. This is, the, this is what we call a, a, a pulpit pastoral risk. But here we go. The S. Oh, y'all. Look at y'all. Y'all just, that, that touched my heart. Serve. The S, we talked about a shepherd to serve. You have to serve the sheep. The H is you have to handle the sheep again you can't be a shepherd and not be able to not deal with and physically touch and get involved with the sheep the third thing is that the e you have to esteem the sheep amen the sheep have value and if you don't think they have value you won't shepherd them with love and with care you'll just abuse them the p you have to protect the sheep amen the H, you have to heal the sheep. Amen. The, the second E, you have to 
establish the sheep, particularly with the word of God. That's how we really establish that firm foundation so that, as Ephesians says, we're not blown about by every wind, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, every new thing that comes out. But if you firmly, if I can firmly establish the sheep, then when you hear something that sounds off from the word of God, you can combat it with the word of God, just like Jesus did when the enemy came to him. And he did it three times. Thus, it is written, it is written, it is written. And you cannot speak the word of God in a situation unless you know the word of God. So that's part of my job is to help establish that. The R is you have to rescue the sheep. Amen. And then the, the last is D, you have to direct the sheep. Amen. Sheep have to be um, guided. They have to be led. They can't be driven. You can drive cattle, you can't, you can't drive sheep. They just won't move. They need to see you out front. And they'll follow you. But you can't say, go there, I'll I, I, I catch up with y'all. And like, we're we gonna stay right here. Or we're just gonna scatter, whatever. But if we not, if I'm not leading you, you won't, you, you won't go. That's the nature of, of sheep. And so, uh, if, if, if we were in Acts chapter 20, which is where we were, we kind of gotten through the fact that, uh, I mentioned to you all that you have to be watchful Amen. Be be willing to be watchful. Otherwise, the sheep will be bewildered. Amen. And then it was like, you have to be willing to be working. Amen. Be willing to be working. That's what the acrostic was about. That just kind of shows to be willing to be working. Otherwise, the sheep will be betrayed. Amen. And so what we're doing right now is I just want to, it's almost as if I want to double click on the be willing to be working. Double click on that. There's a link, and that link goes to Ezekiel chapter 34. Amen? Where there is a great description of what a bad shepherd looks like. And there's a great description of what a good shepherd looks like. Amen? So it's, it's our privilege to be able to double click on that. Again, this is all good information. But, but information that doesn't lead to transformation is, 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 is meaningless. I'm not preaching so that you can fill out a notebook. I'm preaching so that you can fill out a notebook and then use it to change, improve, and, and, and increase, uh, uh, your, your lives uh, for the kingdom. Amen. I, I want to increase your kingdom perspective. I want you to be able to know and to know better and then be able to do better. I want you to be able to hold me accountable for my job. I want you to be able to use this information for transformation. Otherwise, it'll be just like 1 Corinthians 8, I believe it is, that says knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. If all we do is take in the information, we'll be really, really smart, but we'll also be really, really arrogant. And we'll start to, to puff up because we just know everything. But if you know everything, but you don't do what you know, you got to have an outlet for all of that in that inflow. There's got to be an outflow. Information has to lead to what? transformation and so in Ezekiel chapter to 30 and 34 you see there are really five things that a bad shepherd does five things that a bad shepherd does and the word of the Lord came unto me saying son of man prophesy against the shepherds of Israel prophesy and say unto them thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do uh, that do feed themselves should not the shepherds feed the flocks 
The first thing is a bad shepherd will trivialize his job. He'll trivialize the job. He'll trivialize the sheep. He, he, he will trivialize his responsibility, even though you know that a shepherd is supposed to be feeding. He says, matter of fact, in Acts chapter 20, he said, feed those sheep that have been purchased by, by the blood of Christ. He said, you gotta, you gotta feed and care for the sheep. Pastor them. But a bad shepherd trivializes that assignment. Amen. That's what a bad shepherd does. And it, and it says right there, he feeds him, himself instead of feeding the flocks. You eat the fat and you eat the clothes and you clothe with the wool. You kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. Matter of fact, I believe it's in the, in the, the uh, in the, uh, NIV that it says you eat the, you eat the curds. Amen. Should not the shepherd take it. You eat the curds and clothe yourselves uh, with the wool and slaughter the choice animals. You realize that, that, that sheep have value, but you're not, you, you, you're not uh, prioritizing them. You're actually doing this, which is what a bad shepherd does. You, you're marginalizing them. You marginalize the sheep. A bad shepherd will marginalize the sheep because he, he sees them only as a source of wealth, only as a source of resource for him. So I take the choice animals and I kill them. I take all the wool and I, and I get the curds and I get all of that. So I, I get nourishment. I get everything else, but I just marginalize their real value. And, and, and I, and I, and I see them only as a source, source of wealth to exploit instead of a responsibility to embrace. Amen. Did you hear what I said? A bad shepherd sees the sheep only as a source of wealth to exploit instead of a responsibility to embrace. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken. They vandalized the sheep vandalize the sheep they do damage to the sheep a bad shepherd will by not healing and strengthening i can see you broken i can see you struggling i can see you uh in a place where you require some extra effort for 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 you to be restored and i shrug my shoulders and 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 i'm like well that's what you get yeah you know and, and, and that really, that, that really is a, is a way that, that, that you can, you can vandalize the sheep. You're doing damage to them. And then it says this in verse four. Neither have ye brought back again that which was driven away. Neither have you sought this which was lost. You, you didn't, you, you hear that again? You didn't bring back that which was driven away. Neither have you sought that which was lost. A bad shepherd will then penalize the sheep. I penalize the, if you're a bad shepherd, you penalize the sheep. You tell the sheep, because you strayed away good, that's what you get. I'm not bringing you back because this is the fifth time, come on somebody, that you have left for the same reason. And every time I come and I bring you back, then it's like, well, you know what? Fine. Then I'm not going to leave the 99 and go after the one. You out there, stay out there. Bye. Now that's how I may feel. So I got, that's the one I got to fight through the most. It's like when you want to look at the person and you know, you there's things that you've done in your life where you know you're in that place only because of what you did. Your wounds are self-inflicted. It's hard. It's harder, excuse me, to have compassion for somebody who continues 
and they can't get out of their own way. When they, come on, when they can't get out of their own way and they keep doing the same thing over and over, it's hard not to want to penalize the sheep. That's a whole another sermon. Just, just sit with that for a second. Think about yourself. Think about your children. Think about the other people that are in your circle of influence because you have to have a shepherding mentality with those folks that you are called to minister to in that kind of way. So again, it has, it has broader application, but it's hard to go after people that keep casting as, as a sheep gets cast. You keep casting yourself in the same way and asking me and looking for me to come get you. But the, but, but God says, I'm going to hold these shepherds of Israel accountable because they haven't sought that which was lost. And here's the last thing. But with force and with cruelty, you have ruled them. You brutalize the sheep. A bad shepherd will brutalize the sheep. It's a perspective. It's, it's a, you're just a resource. I don't really like you. I don't really care about you. I don't want to be here. And that will come out in how a shepherd interacts with his with his sheep, it'll be mostly, come on, we'll get to this. It'll be mostly rod and no staff. It'll be mostly rod and no staff. So a bad shepherd will do what? Trivialize the sheep, trivialize his job and, and his interaction with the sheep. He'll marginalize the sheep. It's like whatever. Then he'll vandalize the sheep by, by not, not caring for them the right way, letting them get lost, letting them go away. And then he penalizes them when they do. And then he brutalizes them as just an overall, uh, uh, way that he interacts with them. That's what a bad shepherd does. But praise God that, uh, Jesus doesn't say in John chapter 10, I am the bad shepherd. He says in John chapter 10 that I am the the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But we have in verses 11 through 16 of that same passage, Ezekiel 34, we see God saying what a, and telling us what a good shepherd is. Amen. For thus saith the Lord, behold, I, even I, he said, I'll do it. I'm going to show y'all how to do this thing. <laughs> I will both search my sheep. And seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered. So I will seek out my sheep and I will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. They shall lie down in a good fold and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Woo! He said, I'll do it. I'm going to show you how to do this thing. Good shepherd. The first thing is, in verse 11, a good shepherd prioritizes the sheep. He said in verse 11, for thus saith the Lord, behold, even I, I will search out my sheep and seek them out. I, I'll, I'll, seek and, I'll, I'll seek and search. I won't trivialize. I will do what? 
our prioritize. A bad sheep will, will, a bad shepherd will marginalize, but in verse 14 of this passage, he said, I will feed them in good pasture and upon the high mountain of Israel shall their fold be, they shall lie in a good fold and in fat pasture. He says, not, not, not only will, I, I will marginalize, actually I will utilize the sheep. I will utilize them because I understand their value. Again, it's ministry. Amen. You're called to do ministry as, as a church, as a church body we are. And that's Pastor Mark and I are, it's our job to, to feed and equip you. You're supposed to learn and improve, L-I, we feed and equip, F-E, life. That's what, that's what we're training for life. It's learn and improve, feed and equip. That's, that's our job. Our job is not to, to marginalize you. Our job is not to just take what we can get from you, take the choice and, 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 and take the curds and take the wool and then take the meat and, and slaughter the sheep. We're supposed to shepherd the sheep. You shear the sheep. You do some things to encourage the sheep. But again, that, that's what, that's our job is to utilize the sheep. That's how church works. Your job is to do the ministry. I'm supposed to, and Pastor Mark are supposed to help you to be all that you can be so that you can be fruitful and fulfilled in ministry. That's what it really is talking about. Uh, and the application from verse 14. I'll feed them and upon the high mounds of Israel, they will be, they will lie in a good fold and in fat pasture shall I feed upon. I'm going to find a place for them to thrive and flourish. That's the shepherd's job. And the only way you'll thrive and flourish so you can be utilized is if you can be in good pasture. If we can feed and equip you to be all that you can be in Jesus Christ. And instead of vandalizing the sheep, again, this is the parallel. Verse 16 says what? He says, I will seek that which was lost, bring that again that was driven away, bind up. He said, instead of vandalizing the street, uh, the, the sheep, I'm going to revitalize the sheep. It's a hard thing to do. Let me just say this. What makes the job hard is if the sheep stray away, very rarely do you find them in the condition they were in when they left. You understand what I'm saying? So the commitment to go after is not just a commitment to go after and bring back so that they're broken and hanging out in the rest of the sheep. You, if you go get them, you know in the back of your head the likelihood that they have strayed, starved, and suffered is very great. They might have barely escaped a wolf or a bear. They could be cast over. They could have all kind of issues and challenges. And, you know, all, all these things that happen. And when you bring them back, you just can't say, well, come on back in and that's it. If you go get them, the commitment is that I'm going to do whatever I need to do to revitalize the sheep so that they're in a condition where they can join the, the, the sheepfold and be utilized. Amen? That's why he said, I will seek and I will bring a bit back again. I will bind up that which was broken, strengthen that which was sick. So again, that's the commitment. I won't just vandalize the sheep. I will revitalize the sheep. I won't penalize the sheep. Verses 12 and 13 says, I'll mobilize the sheep. I'll mobilize them. I will organize them in, in such a way that I keep them together. Again, it says in verse 12, as the shepherd seeketh out the flock, I will seek out my and, and deliver them out of all of the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. I will bring them out of my people and gather them from the countries. Again, he says, I'm going to have almost like a military, uh, a military effort here. I'm going to mobilize them. 
I'm going to bring them from the places, all the places that they're scattered. I'm going to bring them together and I'm going to mobilize them in such a way that they can be useful. Amen. And instead of brutalizing the sheep, verse 15 tells us, I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord. I won't brutalize the sheep. I will stabilize the sheep. Stabilize. I will prioritize. Good shepherd. I'll utilize the sheep. I'll revitalize the sheep. I'll mobilize the sheep and I will stabilize the sheep. That's what a good shepherd does. That's who Jesus Christ is as he talks about himself in John chapter 10. That's who God our Father who inserts himself as the as the shepherd here in Ezekiel chapter 34. He says, you all are not doing it right. Woe to these shepherds of Israel. You trivialize and marginalize and vandalize, penalize and brutalize the sheep. That's not how you do it. I want you to change that dynamic and be good shepherds and prioritize and utilize and revitalize and mobilize and stabilize the sheep. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm telling you to commit to doing that is no small thing because when the sheep stray and they do, when they come back, they very rarely are in a better condition than when they left. And sometimes the worst of it is they think they're in a better place and they're not. And then it's my job as a shepherd to establish with the word of God what is really happening in your life. That's hard. But the word of God. Living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder, soul from spirit, joint from marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's why the word of God is so powerful and it has to be used to, to, to help with the, the sheep. So the apostle Paul says, if we double clicked, he said, you gotta be willing to be watchful. Now you gotta be willing to be, to be working. Otherwise the sheep will be betrayed and then you have to be willing be willing to be wary be wary amen that's what it says as i flip back to it as we're going to close with this last point be willing to be wary because he says so be on your guard verse 31 chapter 20 remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you day and night with tears. Because he said, why? Because I know that after I leave, I know, Paul said, as soon as I get out of here, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. The apostle Paul says there's two things that are going to happen to you, so watch out. You're going to face wolves. In wolves clothing. But you're also going to face sheep. In wolves clothing. Wolves excuse me, wolves in sheep's clothing. Sorry. Wolves in wolves clothing. And wolves that will be in sheep's clothing. Those are the ones that you really got to be 
concerned about. It's one thing to be ready for that straight up fight, that, that one that's coming. That outside job, Paul said, you gotta worry about the outside job, but shoot, you better be on the lookout for the inside job. And the inside job, when you're a wolf in sheep's clothing, the inside job, beloved, is always based upon doctrine. False doctrine. False teaching. He says be on the lookout because that is the inside job. Satan doesn't much care which job he does. I actually think though he likes, he prefers the inside job a little bit because it's just so much more gangster. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, you know it's coming and somebody's trying to tell you, we're trying to take over, we're trying to do this, we're trying to attack the church. He says, but, but, but more things happen from the inside out. If I can corrupt them, come on, let's listen to this. Do you, re, do you remember what happened to the children of Israel in Numbers when Balaam tried to, to, to curse them from the outside and, and King, uh, Balaam, uh, Balak came and he hired Balaam and he said, curse them from the outside. And, and, and Balaam said, I can only do, I, I can't do anything other than what God allowed me to, to do. But they still were in a place that you found out later they were able to, Balaam was able to be, uh, uh, effective with the children of Israel because he got the Moabite women to, to, to sleep with the with and, and corrupt and what he discovered and what is true is what you cannot curse you can corrupt inside job Balaam didn't give up Balaam said I can't I can't do it from the outside but we can do it from the inside I think that's numbers 32 33 somewhere in there but you cannot curse you can't corrupt inside jobs. So you got to be wary of the inside job. There are two attacks. There's one outside. That's straight up. There's one inside. Wolves and wolves clothing and wolves in sheep's clothing. And let me just tell you this. This is what Satan is trying to do. This is what he's trying to do. Matthew 26, 31 says this, Jesus said unto them, all you shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be what? Scattered. Satan wants to ultimately, I'll take it any way I can get it, but he, these are his top three plays in the, in the playbook. I'm trying to end up with a stricken shepherd. Because if you strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. But all this was done that the scriptures might be fulfilled and all the disciples fortook, forsook him and fled. That's what happened in Matthew 26. Hebrews 13 says, remember them that have rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, consider the end of their conversation. That's what he says, remember them. You should be praying for your shepherd because I am a target more than any other target. Because if you can strike the shepherd, you'll scatter the sheep. You can pick the sheep off one by one, or you can just hit the shepherd, hit him hard, and all the sheep will scatter. So who do you think he's coming after? Why, why do you think that pastor's families are, 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 are the ones where, where, where you look up and you see, it's like those PKs are, they're just so, they're just so off the chain. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 the PKs are usually off the chain or have, have more challenges in their lives because they got more heat on them. 
Because if I if, if Satan can strike the family, if he can strike it with turmoil, he can strike me with sickness or, or, or chaos. If you can hit me in the family and the finances, in my health, some kind of way, if I'm distracted from doing my job and I am stricken, then the sheep will scatter. It makes sense, doesn't it? But that means that's why Hebrews 13 says, remember them that have rule over you. And remember literally means pray. Pray. You should be praying for me and my family all the time because he is looking to get me caught up. He is looking to hurt me. He is looking to have conversations with me uh, about me like uh, he had about Job. When God says, consider my servant Job, and I'm hoping God never says to Satan, consider Chris. No, don't consider me. Leave me alone. Let me hide. Have you considered? No, 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 no. Don't consider me. Satan's like, yeah, I know that's your boy, but let me touch his body and see how he. Let me take all that he has, but don't touch it. Well, now you took all he has, but now, now let me. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to be a part of that story. I don't need that narrative, but that's that's the plan of the enemy. Strike the shepherd and the sheep scatter. You should be on your knees. There's somebody who's been in this. There's somebody who's been at this church that we haven't seen in years and years and years, but he's still a part of this church family. Brother Leon Liddell. Many of you know him. We haven't seen him. He's getting older, not able to drive, do some things. I talked to him yesterday. Brother Leon told me before we got off the phone. He said, Pastor, every single day. He said, I put my hand on the Bible every single day. I call your name in prayer. I pray for you. I pray for Sister Kim. I pray for your mom. I pray for your dad. And I pray for the New Life Christian Church family. That's a saint. And we have not seen him, but God reminded me. There are people that are standing on the wall because somebody needs to stand on the wall. Somebody needs to be praying. Somebody needs to be remembering because I'm being targeted always. And it's not just me. It's me and those that I love. Because if I can get caught up in mess, the sheep will scatter. So he wants a stricken shepherd. The second shepherd that he wants is not a stricken shepherd, but a sold out shepherd. A sellout shepherd. A sellout. If he can get a sellout shepherd, that works as well. Cool. I don't have to strike him. Keep him in place and let him sell out to the two things that all people sell out for. Let him sell out for money or let him sell out for power. Love of gain and love of power. If he can get me to love money, if he's like be shepherds of the flock, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing. As God wants you to be not greedy for money. But eager to serve. But if I can start getting greedy for money, if he can put that money thing out there and you start to build a ministry based upon gain for yourself. Hey, that could be a pretty good deal because now I got you in place and you just doing damage over and over and over and over because now you sold out because of the love of gain. But that's why it says in 1 Timothy 3.3 when it talks about the qualifications of an elder not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisted not in the amount of possessions that he has. Amen. A man's life is not measured by the abundance of the things that he possesses. That's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12. Amen. 
Don't be motivated by the masses. Don't be motivated by the mighty. Don't be motivated by the money. He's tripped up so many people in ministry with this one. You never had a whole lot, and now you're out here grinding and building up. You're doing it for the kingdom, but somewhere along the way, you lose sight of things, and you start making decisions based upon money instead of ministry. And Satan is like, good job. Good job. I like it. Sold out. Sell out shepherd. What's up, bro? Sell out. I see you. I see you on TV. I see you with your, yeah, sell out. You're doing damage every day. Good job. Love of money. And then here's the other one. It's just the love of power. In this position, you have an opportunity to influence a lot of lives and, and, and do some things. And if you can get caught up, come on somebody, in the applause, you can get caught up in the appreciation, caught up in the accolades, caught up in the adulation, caught up in the attention, you can end up being a sellout too. Amen? When you talk about adulation and attention, the, the, the usual playbook has something to do with a man of God and the women of God that are around him. And if you, and if you ain't never been smooth and ain't never been on your game and all of a sudden you get thrown in the, in the, in the limelight around some, around some folks, you, you, you could lose your mind. You ain't got to worry about that with me. You, you, you ain't never had no, you know, nobody ever paid no attention to you before. Now you all of a sudden you caught up. People are saying, oh, we think you, and then you get caught up in that. No, because here's the thing that Satan wants to help us to, to understand, or he, he's counting on the greater the visibility, the greater the vulnerability. That's why it's a target. Don't get caught up in the, I don't need to get caught up in the attention or the accolades or the appreciation or the adulation. Amen. Or the applause. You got to be rooted and grounded. You have to know what you're in it for. That's why I want to say over and over, I'm in it for the outcome. I'm not in it for the income. I'm not in it for the income. I'm in it for the outcome. And the outcome is one thing. Well done. Stricken shepherd. Sell out shepherd. And then the old favorite, of course, is just a good old-fashioned selfish shepherd. And we talked about what a selfish shepherd looks like by looking at Ezekiel chapter 34. A good old shepherd that trivializes, marginalizes, vandalizes, penalizes, and brutalizes the sheep. If you are a selfish shepherd, Satan would love to keep a selfish shepherd in place. It does damage to the body of Christ over and over and over. And so the apostle Paul says, be on the lookout. Be wary. Of the outside job, sure, because you know our enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But more importantly, to be on the lookout for the inside job. Wolves and wolves clothing and wolves and sheep's clothing. Be on your job. Establish the sheep. Preach the word. Be instant. In season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And be ready always to give every man an answer for the hope that lieth within you with meekness and fear. Ask for me that utterance may be given unto me that I might open my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in bonds for therein I, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The word. So I'm on the lookout. So you got to be watchful. Be willing to be what? Watchful. Be willing to be 
working and be willing to be wary because otherwise the sheep will be bewildered they'll be betrayed and if we're not if I'm not careful you guys will be beguiled and besieged deceived and attacked scattered and in every instance if you are if you're a sellout shepherd sheep will scatter if you if if you are caught up as a selfish shepherd sheep scatter if you're a stricken shepherd, sheep scatter. And that's exactly what Ezekiel 34 said. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. And they will become meat to all the beasts of the field when they are scattered. God does not want to see scattered sheep. He wants to see sheep in a sheepfold being cared for by under shepherds. That's the job. And it's a job for a lifetime. I want to be a good shepherd. I got a good example in Scripture, Old and New Testament. God the Father Himself in Ezekiel 34, God the Son in John chapter 10, and His entire life of being a good shepherd. We know what it looks like. I'm striving for it. Working with sheep is difficult. Get reminders of it all the time. But God is faithful. And this is the way he wants us to interact with each other. Learn and improve. Feed and equip. Do what needs to be done. And we'll continue to explore this in the, in the coming weeks as we just look at. Like to look at Psalms 23. And all the things that, that, that the Lord is my shepherd. And what that means. What we're striving for, what what your part in it is, what my part in it is. But I don't want you to leave out of here not doing what needs to be done. And Hebrews 13, 7 is remember them that have oversight over you. Remember. And remember it's not just head nod and shout out. Remember it's get on your knees and pray. It brought joy to my heart. I have not talked to Brother Leon in a couple of years. But the Lord laid him on my heart and I called him. He picked up and we talked for about 20 minutes and I just, my heart was just full and overjoyed to hear him say, don't you give thought to it. I pray for you every single day. And that's awesome. And it's needed and it's helpful. May you commit to doing the same. Remember, amen.